when it comes to the guests, we see ourselves as the curators of content more than anything. We don't need to be the experts there. We're comfortable now, it wasn't always like this, to almost be like the dumbest guys in the room. When you're hosting a podcast, you don't have to know everything about a topic being discussed. Learning with your audience can be a great way to create a community. The transparency thing is actually like probably the best gift you can give yourself. It's almost like ask the dumb questions, but they're not dumb questions because it's probably 80% of the audience is thinking the same thing. You're listening to Personal Injury Mastermind, the show where elite personal injury attorneys and leading edge marketers give you exclusive access to grow strategies for your firm. The Hustle & Flowchart podcast has seen some of the biggest names in online marketing, from Russell Brunson to Neil Patel. Having recorded over 400 episodes since the show's launch in 2017, hosts Joe Fear and Matt Wolf have collected a vast amount of knowledge. So much, in fact, that we've decided to divide and conquer. We'll be hearing from Matt next week, but today, Joe will be sharing his knowledge about visual marketing, as well as his take on the whole podcasting process, from how to book guests you want all the way through advertising the end product. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings with search engine optimization. Being at the forefront of marketing is all about understanding people. So let's get to know our guest. Here's Joe Fear, co-founder of Evergreen Profits and co-host of Hustle and Flowchart. I knew Matt before my uh, I married my wife and like had like all these crazy life events. So like him and I are like brothers from other mothers, man. We've been working together, you know, in entrepreneurship ever since, uh, kind of since we met, not shortly, you know, longer after. It was maybe like we met mutual friends. We were both doing band stuff. We we're in rock bands, doing that whole fun stuff here in San Diego and um, had a mutual friend. And we just, I started working for his parents back in the day, shutter companies, interior shutters, and they were manufacturing these things. I ran the front office and uh, Matt was basically rent managing the whole factory and a whole bunch of other stuff. So it was like the off hours. We started just tinkering around with blogs and get really interested in how to actually leverage content to and gather attention and then monetize, you know, and then give really good value along the whole time. So that's, that was like the whole spark that like really got us going in this thing. That's amazing. And was it just, was he the type of person that you would read a book like rich dad, poor dad, or, or one of those types of books. And then you guys would go discuss it and talk about it. Yeah. That purple book, rich dad, poor dad was, it was given to me, uh, I think originally me, and then I gave it to Matt immediately by um, one of the installers at that shutter company. And he was like, you guys seem like this is going to be interesting for you. Like you're not made for employee work basically. <laughs> so I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And Matt quickly did right after that. And he was brought up through entrepreneurial kind of, uh, you know, his parents had that business. I was not. So you know, right after I read that, I was like, oh, you don't have to get paid per hour. You know, there's, you could be an investor. You could do all these different things as a business owner. And that's where I think everything started ticking in my mind. And then we put it together via content. And that was, um, I would have to give credit to Matt on, in terms of the blogging side of stuff. That's always been his forte, the tech. You know, I've, I've been always the curious one, you know, where I'm kind of gathering information or connecting with people. And then kind of uh, content is the thing that is always like that, that ground of where something's created out of these interactions, you know, and 
Yeah. So you, you kind of jumped to my next question was how you guys kind of work together. And I, you know, I was reading your bio and you said you're like the connector. So yes. are you, are you the main person that's going out and getting these great guests or, or a lot of them coming to you now that you have a bigger audience? Yeah, it's it's now definitely inbound more than anything, but it wasn't always that way. Both Matt and I started businesses right around the same time, but we kind of took different paths. Like some of it overlapped by just going to a bunch of events, hustling, meeting people at the bars, you know, like we did so much of that to start everything for us. That's like where the momentum uh, started with really networking. And then from there, yeah, that that became my passion. That still fuels me is is connecting with people. I was just having lunch with some friends that were out of town here in San Diego and I'm like, man, I miss this. You know, it's obviously COVID put a little damper on that for all of us, right. unfortunately. But that's that's now we've created this momentum within our network. And that's how we started our podcast was, you know, just calling up a couple of our friends. Like, who's interesting? And then that has always generated more referrals for us. Yeah. And on the visual side, you know, you got a background, you're you're doing a, you know, animation, video, presentation decks, photography you know, first for the personal injury attorneys listening, you know, how should a law firm go about creating a, a cohesive visual identity? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. So I started off really work. I created a lot of sales videos for information products online and services. And, you know, these were big product launches doing, well, sometimes there were hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions in a very short period of time. So that that got me going. I'm like, okay, so if you craft a narrative and have, you know, this message that syncs up with your, your audience's uh, problems, whatever issue that they might be facing, like, let's address that. And let's try to keep their attention as much, much as possible. So I, yeah, I, I leaned toward video to do that primarily. And, you know, some other things would pop into the mix, like, you know, there were keynote slide decks and things like that. That's where I specialized in was essentially taking someone's vision, figuring out what problem they're trying to solve craft a script or some kind of narrative that can be used for all sorts of things. And for a long time, it was sales videos um, to promote some service could be long form or short form. And um, I would say just, just putting something out there like that, most people just didn't have something to address their, their folks' needs. So, uh, you know, an attorney listening right now, think about the problems that you're currently solving uh, that are, that that just might not be so obvious to you know the the person that's visiting your website, but you can have some kind of short explainer video. We did a lot of those, you know, two two minutes or under, something that's engaging that really talks to the person that might be finding you for the first time, and just start kind of bringing up some of the problems and getting them nodding their heads. Like really, that's kind of like eighty percent of it is getting them to kind of trust you and be like, oh, they understand me. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you guys have over 400 episodes on the Hustle and Flowchart podcast. Crazy. And you've interviewed Jay Abraham. I've emailed him and he's ghosted me. You know, I've tried. I've tried, I've tried yeah, you got to find the, the lateral right, way. Right. In. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a, I remember it's funny. I put a pitch deck together for Tony Robbins and I put a hundred thousand dollar ad spin on his episode. And they're like, no, no, he's busy. And I'm like, geez, I really need to level up. <laughs> my game here. I have a quick strategy that I can yes. just give out. And um, yeah, so this would be really helpful for audience. Yeah, man. So I, I, Chet Holmes is someone who, yeah, in the sales space, he obviously yeah, a ton of people know of him. He had the dream 100 strategy. And what we have done is kind of applied that thinking or that model to how to, you know, basically get introductions for new podcast guests. So this came up because we were in a mastermind with, with uh, Roland Frazier, a digital marketer and all that. He's a 
good buddy of ours now. And that just, again, came through networking, you know, but he asked us, he's like, Hey, um, what are you guys looking for? And we're like, well, new connections, you know, we want to level up. This was a few years ago. So it's like, cool. Give us a list of names. So I listed out like 40 people. I was like, well, let's see who he knows. <laughs> well, it turned out to be like the next day I had like 20 introductions. I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's a secret. I stumbled into a uh, dream 100 process of my own is essentially list all the names that the people you'd like to get connected with in a Google sheet. And that's specific. So a Google sheet and what you'll do is take that link, you know, make that a public link and put it in your footer, or you can just put it in an email. And uh, if you're using a Gmail service to send emails, it will actually attach this attachment looking, you know, preview on the bottom of the email. It's not really an attachment, but it's their link to your sheet. So every first email you ever sent or a reply that someone, you know, if someone sends you an email and you reply, that's going to show up down there. So it looks like you're kind of attaching something, but you're not, it's just a link in your, in your uh, footer, you know, or the uh, signature of your emails. So every single email that thing's attached. And that's how we get these referrals is that sheet is it basically lists all the top 100 people that we want to get connected with. There's a little description box on top to say what it is and say like, okay, here's why we want to get connected and, and all that. And then people just add it out of the blue. It's literally like multiple times a week. It could be our bookkeeper, someone else random where like, Hey, I spotted a couple names on, on this list that I know, or maybe it's someone like the people on the list. It could just be someone a little different, but that's okay. You know, it's usually a trusted person. And then it's a yes, pretty much every single time from that person that they connect us with. That's an incredible tactic and one that I'm going to be copying right after this. And <laughs> I got to tell you, I've, for his, the ultimate sales machine, that dream 100, I've always heard of it applied from like a, you know, obtain them as a client perspective and not for a referral strategy for a podcast. And that just seems so smart. Sure. And, and yeah, that's, that's a great tactic. And you could use it for other stuff. It doesn't have to be for podcasts. Could getting connected with people that you want to maybe collaborate with or create some content with somehow else, maybe guest on their their publications. You know, you can guest on their podcast. You can kind of flip the the script if you wanted to. You and Matt have a ton of fun on your show. And you know, how has the show changed since you started? For example, when I'm tuning in today. Yeah. You're saying, you know, this is an intro, this is an intro, this is an intro. I'm sure, I don't know, have you always rolled with that from the very beginning or were you more stuffy at first? <laughs> Definitely more stuffy at first, but, you know, we've been almost five years in now. And, you know, like you said, 400 episodes now or plus, it's crazy. But yeah, we've kind of just, we've, we've gotten a lot more comfortable for sure. And we figured out what we enjoy talking about, what lights us up, what makes us curious. And it's, it's chatting with just really interesting people, people that we find fascinating. It's not always the tactical marketers like we started with. So I would say that's a big change is kind of got a little sick of the tactics. I mean, like we will still talk about them, but you know, we're, we're thinking a lot deeper now into things like, uh, well, bigger strategy mindset, you know, different things that help entrepreneurs become better entrepreneurs. You know, that was, that was the big aha moment for us is like, we're not having fun. It's not going to sound like fun for the other folks. And, you know, that's, that's not going to light us up. We ain't going to be keeping the show going if we're just going to be drudging through and making more business content without a lot of heart behind it. Right. I saw on the recent one today, the Elliot Rowe, I mean, mindset, yeah. I mean, just amazing. One of my good friends is well connected to him and oh, yeah. uh, a poker player and just incredible. Well, you have a cool story yourself. I heard about in pokers. I mean, <laughs> a lot yeah. of luck there. A lot of yeah. luck there. 
a lot, a lot of work too, but I mean, but yeah, Elliot's been great. And so it's people like him. Yeah. Uh, people that can like shift your perspective as an entrepreneur. And we're still laying a lot of marketing talk in there too, but you know, we're just, uh, I think the fun is just coming out. Like we're getting our whole website, uh, redone now where, you know, right now it's evergreenprofits.com because that's our company name started that way. But now the podcast is completely taken over in terms of the brand itself. So we're just leaning into that hustle and flow chart. And, uh, it's kind of, I think it's better because that's just, it's our personalities coming out. This thing's going to be redesigned. It's like a beachy vibe. You know, we have this office now, so we're leaning into the visuals. The Hustle and Flowchart podcast has had some great guests. Perry Marshall, Michael Gerber, Neil Patel, just to name a few. I asked Joe what the pre-interview process looks like and how he and Matt prepare for their chats with such industry titans. So our show, uh, we were doing interviews twice a week, but now we've dialed it down to once a week, we're doing interviews with a guest. And then the other episodes, Matt and I kind of riffing on a topic or with something that's going on in our business. Uh, we like to kind of just be super transparent. But in terms of preparation for a guest like that, we're going to use a whole bunch of resources, you know, try to read the books as much as we can. But if not, we're going to skim it. You know, we're going to we're going to use all the different things like Headway is a good app for um, summarization for books. That's a newer one out there. ListenNotes.com has, you know, that's essentially a Google for podcast episodes. So if you go to listen notes, it'll essentially index where a guest has, has already been. And you can do your research and see the different topics they've talked about. You know, the show notes usually have the, the bullet points of, of what's been in the episode. There's some really cool apps that are starting to come out with AI now as well, uh, where it'll actually summarize the text of maybe a bunch of blog posts, or maybe there is some long form articles and stuff that, that some of these folks have written out there. They could start to kind of do a lot quicker if you're short on time. There's there's a lot of ways to kind of shortcut it. But what we're doing when we're going through our research is finding, looking for the gaps. Like we're, I personally look for what's interesting to me. And then I figure out why is that interesting? So it's like, okay, what's the layer deeper? And then I try to figure out, okay, how can I can relate a little bit to our audience? What hasn't been discussed on previous episodes that I can bring up? And, and how can we just make this a really fun conversation? Because that's, that's, I think, the DNA of everything we do is in, in that Elliot Rowe conversation that came out, you know, because we didn't have a previous conversation with him specifically. And most people, we don't. We just kind of hop on and then just have a cool time. And that's the goal is like, if, if at the end, the person's like, I had a great time. I had a fun time. This is a blast. I'm like, we did our job. We're good here. And it's just a simple, you know, in terms of us during the podcast, we just have a little prep doc, you know, a Google doc in front of us printed out or on a screen and simple bullet points, couple of questions, but most of it's kind of on the fly. That's exactly what I was going to say. So I've got my research doc. I showed you, but yeah, I'm sure nice. my team's probably like, Chris, you're not asking 90% of the questions on there. What are you doing? <laughs> but I, I'm the same as with you. I feel like when individuals get in that loop, yeah. right, where they're repeating the same thing you've heard 99 times, it's like, oh, I need to try to move that individual away from that, that uh, sure. conversation. And that's uh that's a tricky one, man. Yeah. We've definitely had a couple of folks, I would say like, uh, you know, that would bring a script or an outline and say like, okay, here's my outline. I'm like, Ooh, okay. Well, we're going to, our job is to break you from that outline. You know, we'll definitely cover, you know, the key points. We're not going to ignore that of course, but yeah, we want to make it unique. 
And I think everyone has the ability to do that. If you're looking for the, the curiosity elements and then just figure out like what really lights you up and also what lights your, your audience up. Cause you should kind of have an idea of what's interesting to them. You know, we do surveys all the time. We're always asking questions in our emails. Yeah. Our our groups, we're constantly getting feedback. So we kind of know the vein that we should kind of keep that conversation in. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then you can actually produce the content that your audience wants. Yeah. You know, let's talk about, you know, you do this great interview, right? You have an amazing guest on, you, you make some amazing social media collateral. Like what, what goes into promoting the show after our, are you doing ads? Is it mostly organic? I know you mentioned uh, email, like, you know, what are you doing to try to get it to the, uh, get the most impressions on it? I think you'll like this answer actually. Um, our number one new source of traffic is SEO and it's completely SEO traffic. So if you, uh, I was actually on a buddy of mine, Rich Sheffrin, I'm sure you're familiar and know him. Uh, and I was telling him cause he asked the same question or something similar. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's SEO. And it's usually for the names of the guests that we've had on. And we've had a lot of big name guests where we pop on the front page and we're outranking their own website and, you know, even social media accounts of theirs. And we're just like, hmm, I guess it's working. So, uh, like Rich Jeffrey, he, he Googled it and he's like, dang it, you guys are above my, and you're like, you're literally a, right below all the social media websites. I'm like, well, it's the power of consistent content and doing it for a long time. <laughs> you know, SEO is a huge one, optimizing show notes pages or blog pages, you know, blog post pages. That's what we're doing there. We do a lot of paid stuff as well. We're always experimenting with, there's, there's ways to advertise in podcast apps. So places like overcast.fm, you know, that's just one of the podcast apps, but you can sponsor or you can run ads inside of there, you know, so they, every single platform sometimes has an ad, uh, you know, opportunity, but also they have opportunities. If you just reach out to them and you want to get featured, you know, maybe they're running a, a category feature spot or something like that. We do a lot of outreach to these places to try to get featured, you know, because not most people are doing that. And there's usually a location to get a little preferential placement if you sometimes pay for it or at least ask. So we're doing all sorts of things like that and constantly throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. You know, I see a lot of those top 10 podcasts in X category and I'm like, you know, that'd be a great tactic just to do some, you know, digital outreach to those individuals to try to get on those lists. We've done that. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Super smart. Here's a little, and you might appreciate this too, just to tack on what you're saying. We actually run Google ads to specific keywords that are like, top, uh, you know, business podcast, top marketing podcasts, and we'll actually show up in Google and it links to one of our posts that ironically were number one, but we list like, you know, five to 10 other podcasts on there. And that's an opportunity to get traffic and awareness, but also, uh, you know, we have lead capture options and all that. So we are doing that, but we're actually running paid ads on Google for that as well. I'd imagine those other shows there too, you could reach out to them and be like, Hey, we're spending X amount. And you know, why don't you, let's do a little collaboration here. I like that. (laughs) And showing some proof. We've been doing it for years. Right. Right. You know, one of the things that's popped up recently more so now than practically ever are these podcast networks. Have you, have you Mm. considered doing any of that? I mean, I see, you know, NPR of course has tons of shows and then you'll see, you know, the HubSpot podcast network and where EO fire just joined them. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 So what's your thoughts in general on these, the podcast networks? 
I think that is what's going to happen. I mean, it's consolidation. You know, we see it in every other industry. And now the podcast industry is, is it, I mean, there's so much money getting pumped in on advertising. You see what Spotify is doing where they're just, you know, you got Joe Rogan, you have call her, call her daddy. Um, I think that's the name of the show. Yeah. What 60 million. I think they just got armchair expert. Uh, you know, they're all, yeah. Amazon's investing in stuff. They're buying, you know, agencies. So networks are just right there. I think those are just the, you know, you have barstool sports is, is a good example of one that's been around. They actually started as a publication, like a, a newspaper. And well, like we've been studying these guys because we are super curious about the networks and building more of a media platform because that's how we see ourselves. And we are actively actually chatting with partners right now to create something that, and, uh, and we don't have a lot of details yet. It's still super fresh, but yeah, we've been, yeah. We've been thinking about that for a while because it's very, you know, it's it's obviously a very sellable thing because it's scalable, you know, and and once you have systems and processes dialed, which we do have, and you know, right now it's kind of sold as a product, an information product that's more like a business in a box type thing for podcasters. But we want to take that, prove it out as a course. And you know, that's obviously it's generating revenue for us, it's getting a ton of results for people. And we do want to translate that, almost use that as a a beginning ground, you know, a way to uh, maybe optimize podcast launch new ones, but then we could start to cherry pick and also outreach to relevant shows. But the idea, yeah, you can integrate content together when you do that. There's higher sponsorship opportunities. If you uh, join a network, typically they'll, there's an opportunity to make more money because if you're doing it alone, you know, the rates to get paid on sponsorships are very low. It's something like $25 per thousand downloads. And um, it's like you had to be cranking downloads to make any substantial yeah. cash there. You're usually better off just doing a, an affiliate type promotion. So promoting someone else for a percentage or selling your own services or products. That's where it's going, I think. So often in business and in SEO, we're told that the best results come from finding a niche and sticking to it. But is this always the case? I asked Joe how he feels about niching and what the approach is for the Hustle and Flowchart podcast. I think a lot of folks are probably better off going for the niched show, something that's super tied in with your current offers, your current audience. You know, you're not gonna, uh, you're not just doing this to totally distract from the business that is working right now. You know, it, because a podcast, if you just bolt that on to what you already have, it's going to bring in more leads. You know, more people are going to know, like, and trust you just through osmosis of listening to you. You know, it's a single person listening with podcasts. It's not like a group thing that we're sitting around listening to podcasts together. You know, it's a very intimate kind of medium. And, you know, through that, you're going to get more leads. If you have a nice call to action that takes to like something I would say for this type of podcast, have one consistent call to action at the beginning of the show, maybe mentioned throughout and at the end that will lead to a page where they can either get a free report or some kind of free thing from you that's valuable checklist. Um, and then also on the same page, have an opportunity for someone to book a call or start that process. If they're just right now ready to take an action with you, join your services, they have a clear problem they want to solve and you're the person for them, give them the opportunity to go do something about that. There's a lot of small podcasts. I, I know a couple of them or one stands out where this guy fills a 200 person uh, event when they were doing events in person all the time. Like he was doing that consistently multiple times a year. I think he had like 500, 600 uh, downloads per month. 
that's not that many for podcasts, but if you have a tight audience, you know, that's really hanging on your every word, you can do a lot. So I would recommend that is probably like nine, yeah, not probably not 90%, but most people are doing that route. We took the route of more broad just because we want to do more of that media play and kind of build the platform. We monetize primarily through promoting other people's stuff. So, you know, as affiliates mm -hmm. primarily are partnering. So having kind of a wider net allows us to hit on a lot of different interests. And then what we do is segment down into what are those interests? And then we could pair that up in our email follow-ups and other content and really sync up the right content to the right person as long as we're segmenting correctly. Those advanced so, email tactics with logic and things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Again, most podcasters aren't thinking that way, but if you think the podcast is the like the top, top, top of the funnel, uh, what's what's happening next on the journey? Because that's really all you're doing is you're creating a journey for these folks. And I feel like the podcast is almost like this... The, most intimate way to do that. And if you have a clear path for the next step, then you're going to get pretty successful if you're consistent with it. You know, I had another question in regards to, and you mentioned this briefly earlier, you said you, you changed up your cadence or, or distribution. You possibly yeah. went from a couple week to a weekly show. You know, what yeah. was the, what was the outcome of that? Did you see like a draw? Obviously probably a drop in downloads just because you're not releasing as frequently, but you know, what were some of the effects of changing up your cadence like that? So what we ended up doing is we shifted our podcast to still being two episodes per uh, week, but now it's, yeah, it's one guest episode and then one episode with Matt and I chatting about whatever it is individual or with ourselves, just the two of us. And we, that was actually a demand or a request from our folks is like, Hey, we want to hear more of you. We want to, we want to hear your insights, your takeaways from these conversations and what do you, what are you thinking are the trends? What, what should we be thinking about? Because over time, I feel like every podcast, and this is what we've hear coaching a lot of podcasters is that's common. You know, people want to hear the person behind that's kind of directing the thing. And I don't think most podcasters really give time for that or think about that, but it's like, yeah, you have a unique perspective as well. You can just, it could be a shorter episode. That's fine. You know, but having a podcast myself, I was like, when I look at my social media, I'm like, oh, I don't have any original thought leadership. It's all my guests, which is amazing. Right. And it's high quality content, but it's like, oh, it's, it's all about them. So uh, that's interesting. And I was just wondering, you know, how that worked with the shift and how your audience, you know, yeah. uh, what kind of feedback you got from it. It's, it's nice. And so the thing that's helping is that it allows us to prompt folks for more questions. So we're getting more interactions and people, uh, reaching out to our support channels because we'll prompt in our emails like, hey, what's the what's the one thing you're getting stuck on now? When it comes to the guests, we see ourselves as the curators of content more than anything. We don't need to be the experts there. And I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway from doing this for almost five years is like being the curator, I think takes a lot of pressure off you in terms of needing to know everything. You know, I, I want to kind of jump into what you said, being the curator and you have these amazing guests and has there been any time in the past where you did your research, but you get your guest on and you're just like, Hey, I'm just not meshing. For example, you mentioned Roland Frazier and I love Roland, but I remember there was a time that he was talking about one of his strategies to buy a business. And I was just mentally just blocked out because it just went black because I just didn't comprehend anything oh, yeah. that he was talking about. <laughs> and, you know, has there been, you know, situations even with the prep where, 
Hey, it's just, you know, and what do you do with those interviews? Do you say, <laughs> you know, it, we lost it. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you do? Do you still release those? So we've had some folks where I think the bigger thing is like with, if someone's just too scripted, yeah. Like our job in that, in that sense is like, let's break them out of script mode and ask them some stuff that we're just like super curious about. That's just not in the script. We haven't had a lot of issues with like totally getting stumped. And if we do, I think we just, we kind of just roll with it. And then again, we lean into the curator, like we're not the experts here, but you know, we almost like, okay, so how would you explain this to someone who has never learned this stuff or is completely new? And because I think we're, we're comfortable now. It wasn't always like this to almost be like the dumbest guys in the room. It's like, how do we just be that and, and be transparent about that as well? I think that's the key that most people don't think about is like the transparency thing is actually like probably the best gift you can give yourself is if you're stumped like that, just kind of, it's almost like ask the dumb questions, but they're not dumb questions because it's probably 80% of the audience is thinking the same thing. So Absolutely. that's where I was going. It's, it's, yeah. you're probably right that there, there's many of them that just missed it and need the, need the summarized version or just where okay. to go next for the detailed conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on that dream 100 list, you know, what, what's, who's a couple guests, you know, you're, you're still tactically trying to get in front of, um, you know, who, who's some of the perfect guests. We have a whole list from, you know, Robert Cialdini is one, um, you know, we we're actually getting the intro. I think it's today from a mutual friend. So he happens to be, you know, he's pr promoting his new book. So it's like times like that people are more, more open to interviews. Like I know Tony Robbins, for instance, you know, when he's publishing a book, he's going on those tours. Those are always times to kind of sink in. But I mean, we have people like Elon Musk on there. I mean, we have like the top dogs, but quick story on Elon is like, we got introduced to an old roommate of Elon from like middle or from a college or something that kind of had a loose connection, didn't work out. But like, it's things like that. And that came through our bookkeeper, actually. We're like, you never wow. know who is connected to who, you know? And it's like the, the <laughs> what's the thing, the 27 or connections of Kevin Bacon or something uh, like that? It's like seven even. Yeah, oh, it's seven, less. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's Kevin Bacon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's like, we have some moonshots out there, but, you know, we have folks like uh, Richard Koch. We've actually been in touch with him, but, you know, he's the 80-20 guy, basically, you know, writing all the books and he's extremely difficult to pin down. So we've been waiting for, It'll be a year and a half because it's going to be next year now because <laughs> he's not doing any more podcasts this year, but that's, it's people like that where it's like, Ooh, you know, like that's, that's the one where we'll probably be in the middle of the night to record that because there's a specific time he lives in right. you know, European time. So it's like things like that will bend for the name, you know, but, uh, right. There's a lot of names that, I mean, there's, there's a lot of Damon John, like there's, there's folks like that who you probably get because we actually know a few people that work with him, you know? So it's like, it's kind of crazy how small the world is after you start thinking about kind of like what you said, the, the degrees of separation of, of Kevin Bacon, right. even Facebook had that ability, like where you can see how connected you were for a while. And uh, it was pretty impressive how tight we're all really, really webbed together now. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I, you know, I was thinking with your Cialdani, you know, that book mm -hmm. as an influence. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, I wonder if it would be weird to mail him a, uh, a Christmas candy cane, you know, just because you read his book. I know. Yeah. Who knows? But um, one final question here, you know, what's next on the, on, for your podcast? Like what's next? Like what's the mm. big, what's that big B hag that you're shooting for? 
Well, you want to, uh, well, first it's YouTube. I would say more video focused content overall. That's why we got this studio. It's only a few months old. It's still getting put together, but it's, um, it's opening the doors. I would say, you know, really leveraging YouTube and that algorithm and getting established enough there to really grow our brand. Yeah. And we're, we're getting a lot of help. We're doing some paid stuff, uh, organic stuff, but I'd say the B hag is to, uh, essentially just get to the point where we're, we're starting to get that organic growth. Cause there's kind of a tipping point. We're studying a lot of the creators. Uh, there's some interesting ways to uh, get engagement on YouTube that a lot of marketers or direct response type folks aren't really leveraging. So our thing now is kind of blending both those worlds together is like, what are these really, you know, the younger creators and the people on YouTube doing, and what can we do with direct response type marketing, internet marketing, you know, type principles and mash them together. And I think that's where the media uh, or the podcast network idea is going to play in as well. Cause that's going to be a growth lever for that whole thing. Creating that media kind of, site or platform of our own, I think is that that's the biggest direction that we're headed now, but that's probably going to be, you know, years in the making iterations as we get there. Fantastic. And, and Joe, where can people go to, to learn more about you and, and uh, maybe what's a podcast that they should jump into and listen to first? Well, uh, yeah, hustleandflowchart.com will get you to our podcast. You can find it on all the platforms as well. Um, oh man. So we mentioned Roland Frazier. He's been on a couple of times. He's, yeah, if you're talking about like mind expansion in terms of how to look at businesses, I would check out his episodes. Jay Abraham has been on there a couple of times, I believe. Those guys are great. Rich Sheffrin is is an interesting mind. Those three people, like those guys have really expanded our minds in many ways. And that's how I think a lot of our business is influenced through that strategic thinking. And then we just apply all these different tactics from everyone else and ourselves. So yeah, check those out. It was such a pleasure to be able to pick Joe's brain about all the tips and tricks he's learned along the way. And I look forward to hearing even more about the Hustle and Flowchart podcast journey next week when we'll be sitting down with Joe's co-host and business partner, Matt Wolf. I'd like to thank Joe from Hustle and Flowchart for sharing his story with us. And I hope you gained some valuable insights from the conversation. You've been listening to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you like this episode, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from our listeners. I'll catch you on next week's PIM with another incredible guest and all the strategies you need to master personal injury marketing.